When Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water. In the name of Jesus. It's the glory of God to hide something. It's the glory of kings to seek something out. That's what God reveals in Proverbs. His glory is to hide. Just like Isaiah says, truly you are a God who hides himself. The entire life of Jesus bears this out, but God hiding himself is especially seen in the baptism of our Lord. The Lord doesn't do things like we do things. Kings take credit for their accomplishments. The wise of this world revel in their research, their conclusions, their hard work, their look what I can do, their look what I've done, their trophies, their medals, their awards, their promotions, their numbers. Even we Christians get caught up in such things. Not so the true and living God. It's the glory of God to hide something. Paul lays this out for us today as well. God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. This isn't just what he does with bringing us to faith in Jesus. It's what he does for us in Christ Jesus. Paul says right before our epistle reading, Christ crucified is the power of God and the wisdom of God. For God's foolishness is wiser than men and God's weakness is stronger than men. And so, since God hides himself, since it is his glory to hide something, the Son of God comes to the Jordan, to John, to be baptized by him. At the Jordan, the glory of God stands hidden in the waters. And yet he's also revealed by those waters. The glory of God's revealed there. It's not only unexpected, it's actually pretty shocking by worldly standards. Glory covered up by simplicity. Strength by weakness. Wisdom by foolishness. Life by death. That's how the Lord works out your salvation. Because it's God's glory to save you by hiding his wisdom and strength under their opposite. Now, in the person and work of Jesus, we see God hiding his wisdom and strength under their opposite. An infant that was born where animals are, he's the wisdom of God. An infant in a manger, he's almighty. The man coming to the Jordan isn't just any man. Isaiah 42 is fulfilled in Matthew 3. Behold my servant, 
whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. Not just servant, but God himself. Jesus, who went to the Jordan, is eternal God. I do not give my glory to another, says the Lord. The Father, the voice from heaven, says, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Jesus is this servant Son. See the glory of God. The Son of God takes on the form of a servant. And the Father praises his Son because of what his Son does. What he appointed his Son to do for you. As Isaiah says today, I will appoint you as covenant for the people. A light for the nations. The servant's son is covenant for the people. He is covenant in his fulfilling all righteousness, in his becoming for us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. And so we can put the words from Isaiah 42 this way. I will appoint you as redemption for the people. The servant son is covenant, is redemption, is the sacrifice appointed for the sins of his people. And this means that Jesus, the son of God, isn't just any old servant. He is the suffering servant of Isaiah 53. He bears the sins of his people. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. And his suffering servant work began here at the Jordan. He wasn't just appointed to be covenant for the people. He was anointed too. Jesus was anointed today with sinner's baptism. That's why John didn't want to baptize him. At his baptism, Jesus is first numbered with the transgressors, counted as a sinner. Here, he unites himself with sinners, counts himself with the blind, with those who are in the dungeon, those in darkness. Yet he comes. As suffering servant, he comes to die and suffer for the sins of the world, to be covenant for the people, a light to the Gentiles. The sinless Son of God, hidden among sinners, bearing sins, wearing them as if they were his own, your sins. But God hiding his wisdom and strength to save you isn't just in the coming of the Son to be baptized, to die and rise. But that hiding is also seen in the baptism itself. 
It's not just the act of baptism, but in the means of baptism. It's the water. When Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water. Looking at that water, we again see that it's God's glory to save you by hiding his wisdom and strength under their opposite. The Lord does say, I do not give my glory to another. And so the Father, God the Father, gives glory to God the Son. But even though he says, I do not give my glory to another, he does give his glory and his name to the waters. Talk about hiding wisdom and strength. Today, Paul says, Consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. And that's exactly what we'd expect from a God who likes to hide things. He hangs out with the unlikeliest of people. Sinners. He wants to come to the bruised reeds. He wants to be around the smoldering wicks. God chose foolish things, weak things. He chooses the bruised, the smoldering, the broken, the weak, the sinner, the dying, the blind, the enchained, the addicted, the burdened, the gloomy. He chooses those who have no righteousness, no holiness, no sanctification, no redemption. They are his, and he is theirs. Consider your calling, mine too, and if he chooses the likes of me, he's got you too. That's the foolishness of the gospel. But now consider the means of your calling too. Consider those waters. Consider what they do for you. What God the Father does for you in those waters that are combined with God's word. He saves you. That's 1 Peter 3 and Titus 3. And that's what Paul says today too. Because of him, God the Father, you are in Christ Jesus. You are baptized into him. That's what Paul means by in Christ. In and through holy baptism, you are his and he is yours. I am Yahweh, that's my name, he says. He gives you. His name, Jesus does, along with the Father and the Spirit in those waters. He gives you the glory of his cross. He gives you his wisdom, his righteousness, his holiness, his sanctification, his redemption, the forgiveness of your sins in those waters. The water is the means of how those gifts and benefits come right to you.
It is the glory of God to hide something. He hides and delivers his salvation, his cross to you in those waters. How do you know it's in those waters? Well, those waters don't just wash your body, they wash your conscience, your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. His word tells you that. The waters of holy baptism are his gift. He hides his salvation in them so that our boasting would not be in our work, our believing, our correct answers, even about those waters, but that our boasting would be in him and in him alone. Such a thing has to be his work, his glory, to hide his wisdom and strength in those waters. Baptism is a life-giving water, as the Catechism teaches us. Because, as we just sang, all that the mortal eye beholds is water as we pour it. Before the eye of faith unfolds, the power of Jesus' merit. But we get hung up on the means. Our flesh does. We want to push the means aside, focus on other things. But it's the glory of God to hide something. By getting hung up on the means, we lose the gift. We forget faith, then lose the benefit. No wonder many Christian parents wait to baptize their babies instead of the first possible moment. Who cares whether grandparents can be there or not? Will the water and that water alone save the infant or not? 1 Peter 3 has the answer to that question. But we do this with all of the Lord's gifts. The Bible's just another book like so many others, we think, so it gathers dust with the others on our shelves. We think the sermon is just human words easily passed over rather than God himself making his appeal through the pastor. We get hung up on bread and wine, our schedule of receiving, rather than Jesus' body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins that are freely given and freely received, no possible harm to the one who has faith in these words just as the catechism teaches. It's the glory of God to hide something. It's the glory of kings to seek something out. And so Jesus comes, baptized with sinners' baptism, appointed and anointed as covenant, sacrifice for the people, for you. So it is in the water, too. Looks like plain water, but baptism is not just plain water, but it is the water combined with God's word. And the water thus united with God's word is a life-giving water. Whether it's the winning your salvation at Calvary or delivering your salvation in all of his gifts, God does the same thing. It's God's glory to save you by hiding his strength and wisdom under their opposite.
in the name of Jesus.